You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. Okay, so a lot of times a message, you know, you'll kind of wade into it, just kind of slowly or whatever. A couple of weeks ago, I remember I started with several, devo- uh, several uh, definitions and things. Today... We're not going to do that. Today, we're, you know, we're showing up at the swimming pool. We're going to the high dive. We're jumping in the deep end right now. All, we're going to start it that big, that fast. Okay, ready? Somebody do, somebody do a big cannonball right here, okay? Because we're going to just jump into the deep end right here. Why do we gather? We gather because we are firstborn. Now, this goes all the way back to uh, January, a theme that I had for the year that I'm praying, that I'm, I'm challenging you, and, and, and uh, the sermon series for then. then. Uh, now, there can only be one ultimate firstborn, the firstborn, right? Jesus was the firstborn. But all of us, if we're Christians today, then we are born ahead of those who aren't Christians. I understand what I'm saying? We're, we may not be the firstborn, but we're firstborn. We have responsibility. We're older brothers and sisters in Christ than those who have yet to find him. And with that comes responsibility. And you know what? Like I said in these first two sermons, that should be enough. We should, we should say, this is what needs to be done. This is what is right. That should be enough. I shouldn't need any more reason. I shouldn't need any more example. I shouldn't need anything else. It's the right thing to do, so we need to be mature Christians and just do it because it's the right thing to do. But just in case your six-year-old takes, and I mean the six-year-old inside of you, takes control and you need a little bit of more encouragement, I'm going to give it to you, okay? But let's just start right there. It's the thing we need to be doing. It's, it's the challenge that Christ has given us. We need to be doing this because somebody else needs to know about Christ. But let me give you just a couple other things. Let's go to some scripture. And uh, right here, Luke chapter 13. Jesus was uh, looking over Jerusalem and, and kind of weeping over Jerusalem. In verse 34, he said, How often I have wanted to gather your children. Talking about the city. Talking about really all Jews there, but especially those that were living in Jerusalem. I wanted to gather your children together as a hen, protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And I love this because of the imagery here, the picture. Get, get the picture, okay? Uh, my my uh, granddad, he had animals. The next door neighbor to him had animals. My, my, uh, my grandmother, my other grandmother, when I'd go to her house, uh, her sister and, and their family, they had animals. So, you know, I was around animals, uh, you know, I'm talking about farm animals. I was around them from time to time a good bit growing up. And, you know, one of the things I learned, you ever try to play with a baby chick when the mama chick was, mama chicken was around? You know, you, you're very likely to get injured. You know, if you try to play with a baby chick, the mama chick's right, because she's going to run around there and she's going to be gathering them and pulling them in together. And, you know, and, and this is what Jesus was talking about. Get, the, get this picture right here. I've also heard this several times that in the... Um, in the Midwest prairies, that when there's a prairie fire, those that kind of just whoosh, just sweep over the prairie, that's, that oftentimes after, after one of those fires, that a farmer will go and find one of his hens and, and, and just, and that's been burned in the fire and turn it over and out from underneath its wings will run its, chicken, its little chicks. That what the, now, I, I don't want to get too graphic here, but think about what she did. She gathered all of her chicks underneath her wings and she sat there and literally allowed herself to be cooked alive to protect her little chicks. 
Okay, now, now you get that imagery, that picture of this protection? That's what Christ said he wanted to do for Jerusalem, and they wouldn't let him. And you know what? He did do that. I mean, that was a horrible death that these, these hens die for their chicks, and it was a horrible death. As we talked about last week, Jesus died uh, the criminal's death. I mean, crucifixion was created as a horrible means of punishment, uh, of killing somebody. It was cruel and unusual punishment that he went through. So he, did do, he wanted to do that, even though many wouldn't allow him to do that for them. He was trying, and he actually did it. That was his passion. That was his passion for people that needed to be gathered. And there's the word right there. He even used the word, you know, in the Greek. But there it is, gather. That he, he wanted to gather over and over. Okay, so, so let me take you to some more scriptures. This is Matthew chapter 9, uh, beginning verse 35. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in, in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and they were helpless and they were like sheep without a shepherd uh, i don't know if that sounds familiar to you but it sounds familiar to me because i believe that's the world we're living in right now people around us they are confused they are helpless they have lost their way in life a lot of them they they don't have guidance they don't have a shepherd they don't have guidance that's what it's saying there and so Jesus was seeing the same thing then that, that I'm seeing these days. And because of that, he had compassion on them. And, 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 he, and he said to his disciples, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. Have you ever had somebody ask you a loaded question? And then maybe you didn't catch it, but once you gave the answer, then they turned around and threw it back at you and say, Okay, now you know what you need to do. One of those kind of, this is kind of what this is right here. It's kind of like, it's not a question, but it's kind of like that. It's loaded. Because what Jesus is, did here is he tells the disciples, pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth more laborers to gather those who need to be gathered. So what he's telling the disciples is, you guys ask me, I'm the Lord of the harvest, you guys ask me to send laborers. What's he saying? He said, you guys ask me and I'm going to send you out there. And ask me to send more people. So here's what we need. We need to be, we need to have as one of our prayers, God, send us into the harvest and make us have more impact and more influence than we have ever had before in this harvest to be able to reach those and gather those that need to be gathered. Okay, one more. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Jesus said that his, his mission is right here. He said, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Seek and save those who are lost. You know, uh, I think in, in the past few decades, my, my, my lifetime, what, what I've seen the church do often is have a field of dreams attitude. We build it and they'll come, right? You know, so if you come, we'll preach the message too. We'll try to, we'll try to help you get saved. But that's not all of his mission. It was to seek and to save. You ever, you ever had to seek for something? I mean, something gets lost, you got to seek for it, right? It doesn't just show up in your lap very often. <laughs> Sometimes maybe you get lucky, but it doesn't. He had, his mission was to seek and to save, not to just wait. He came all the way from wherever it is that his throne room is. He came all this way. He died that day. He went through all this trouble to seek and to save. And then when he left, what did he do? He gave me and you his mission, which was to seek and save. Not just pray over those that show up, 
but to seek those that don't show up. To seek after them, to find them, to go after them. Okay, so, so if, if, if we don't do it just for because it's the right thing to do, there's the reason. I mean, it's, it's, it's Christ's passion to do these things, and then he hands it off to us. And, and, and like I believe it was David said a few weeks ago, talking about, and, and this has come up in several sermons over, over the years, but uh, about that reasonable service thing. Reasonable service. That what Jesus did for you and me, he was the hen that gathered us, and he died that horrible, cruel death for us. Then it should be our reasonable service to take up his mission to seek and to save. It's just reasonable, isn't it? You know, so it's, it's not just because it's the right thing to do. It's because, man, we, we kind of owe him, don't we? He saved our souls. Then it's our reasonable service to do that. Okay, so, so what are these things? So let's think about it. What are the things, what kind of things need to be gathered? All right, what are the things that need to be gathered? Well, things that need to be gathered are things that have gotten scattered, right? Now, we kind of play this game at, at, uh, at our house uh, when the grandkids are over, you know, uh, that the kids scatter things and Deva gathers them back up. You know, now, we don't play this game on purpose. It's not like, hey, let's play the gather, sc gather scatter game. <laughs> it's not that. It's, it just happens. You know, they scatter and Deva gathers. Every once in a while, I'll help her gather, right? I've kind of got the attitude, though, hey, if you scattered it, you ought to gather it, you know? <laughs> but it doesn't always work out that way, so sometimes I've Sometimes I, I, I get, I get a, a little bit of guilt on me, and I go ahead and help gather. And, and, but David, she's a nana. I mean, she's like, oh, well, I'll just go ahead and get, and get it together for them. So we, we understand when things get scattered, they need to be gathered. Or things that are out of place. Things that are out of place. Like, like when you're trying to build a house, and you've got all your tools there, and you've got five, six, ten guys walking through sometime that week, you know, working on things and say, oh, there's a tool. I, I need that. And they pick it up. They go use it. They don't put it back where it came from. You know, things get out of place. So yesterday I spent a little, little time, you know, going around just kind of trying to gather things. And, and so we didn't lose more supplies, that kind of thing. Things were out of place. So I was gathering stuff back in place. And sometimes things are just lost. We don't use the term lost a lot in church these days. Some people think it's offensive. You know, we don't, we don't use it. We use terms like unconnected, unchurched. Uh, uh, you know, uh, people who don't yet know the Lord. And we, we, we don't use the term lost. But, and you know why, really, I think the big reason is? Is because sometimes lost people don't know they're lost. And so to call them lost offends them. And so, and, you know, we don't want to offend them. You know, not, not, not saying we ought to offend them anyway. They are lost. No, we don't want to offend them. You know? So we, sometimes we don't use the word lost. But Jesus used it. Luke chapter 15, three, he tells three stories in this chapter. The whole chapter is three stories that he tells. And he tells about a lost coin, a lost sheep, and a lost son. He uses the term lost in Luke chapter 15 when he talks about a lost coin, a lost sheep, and a lost son. Okay, and I, love, I love that he gave us three right here because, I mean, it was just, just, just perfect preaching material. I mean, you got, you got three points right there. All you got to do now is get a poem. You got a sermon. You know, I mean, that's, uh, when we were growing up, that's what we said. All you got to have for a sermon is three points and a poem. You got a sermon. Hey, there's the three points. We just got to find a sermon now. I can't tell you how many sermons I have preached from Luke chapter 15. Who knows how many sermons have been preached in, in the 2,000 years since Christ, since Christ was here and told these stories. How many sermons have been preached from these three stories? I want to throw just a couple of things at you if I can right here about these three stories. Okay, and here's, here's this thing. Now, I've got them a little out of order, but I want to. 
show you something in a progression of a different way. And, and because he tells the sheep, then the coin, then the son. But I want to mention, the, I want to talk about the coin first. Because when Jesus talks about a lost coin, think about that coin. Bad, bad coin went off, got yourself lost. Right? It's not the coin's fault. The coin did nothing to get lost. The coin is an inanimate object. It cannot get lost on its own. It didn't choose a wrong path. It didn't make bad lifestyle choices. It, you know, it didn't go out and get drunk, you know, and get lost like that. No. Somebody else got the coin lost, right? Then we've got the lost sheep. Now, the sheep probably had a big part to play in getting lost. Made a bad decision. Oh, look, there's some greener grass right over here, guys, and nobody follows him. And then, oh, there's some more and some more until finally he's lost, right? Now, we kind of perceive sheep as being dumb. Okay, so they, you know, so, so it's, like, it's like there's a progression here to me is the coin, somebody else messed him up. The sheep, being a little dumb, foolish or whatever, stupidity, but still had a big part to play in choosing the wrong things and getting themselves lost. But then you've got the son. And this story that Jesus tells, which we most often call the prodigal son, you've probably heard that term before, this, this story of the prodigal son, he comes to his dad, he has a plan. He says, I am going to ask my dad for my money and I'm going to go spend it like I want to and not wait till he dies. And wait until just then. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to live the life I want to live right now. And so that's what he does. So he, he chooses to walk away. He chooses to end up where he ends up. Not, not what he thought, but where he ends up. He chose that. He chose that life. He chose that lifestyle. He chose, he chose a riotous living. He chose to, to waste all of his money on those things and not have anything for, for later in life. He chose that. But then here's the question. First question. Which of these three deserved to be gathered? All of them. It doesn't matter whose fault it was. It doesn't matter if, if, if they were ignorant or, or they were eh, kind of foolish or if they were just absolutely, I'm going to do it my way. It doesn't matter. They all deserve to be gathered. Man, I, I, this wasn't in my notes. I didn't even think about this in the first service, but it's just, just in my heart heart real so heavy right here this moment you know it's so easy for us to judge and say well I don't know about them in church you know I think sometimes we judge because people who have problems come to church my goodness where do people with problems need to be you know and, and, and it doesn't matter the why all that matters is they're scattered or they're out of place or they're absolutely lost. It doesn't matter. All of them deserve to be gathered according to the stories that Jesus just gave. Okay, so how do we do this? Okay, but here's, the, here's one of the interesting things. Is the first two, the sheep and the coin, uh, when the coin is looked for, the woman that owns the coin, and she's got to put it with other coins. She is, she is sweeping and she is going through her house. She's doing everything she can. She, she's turning tables and chairs over. She is shaking out the sheets. She is doing what Jesus' mission is, she is seeking after it. Okay, then, then the shepherd, he loses the sheep. He leaves all the rest of the sheep, and he goes out of the wilderness to find the sheep. When he finds the sheep, and he goes to all the trouble to 
to trudge out there, find it. When he finds the sheep, he picks the sheep up, puts it on his own shoulders, and carries it back. Not going to let it get lost again, right? And he does, So he goes to all this trouble. So he seeks and rescues and brings it back, goes to all of this trouble. But what does the dad do? The dad, as far as I can tell, can only do two things. He only does two things, pray and watch. Pray and watch. Now, I know Jesus doesn't say the dad prayed every day, but I believe the dad prayed every day because he's talking about a Jew. Okay, and Jews know God. He's talking about Jews, and I believe. And listen, even people who don't believe in God, when your kids are gone, your kids are lost, those people start talking to the God they don't even know. People pray when things get tough enough, and I believe this guy prayed every single day. And, because, and he also, he watched. The reason, now, we do know that he watched because Jesus said in, in this story, he said when the, when the son was coming back home finally, when he came back home, and, and the father saw him when he was still a long ways off. Now, you don't see stuff a long ways off unless you're looking. So he was watching for him. So we know that he, he prayed and he watched, and that's all he could do. This was 2,000 years ago when Jesus told this story. No cell phones. He couldn't call him. He couldn't text him and say, did you get home okay tonight? He couldn't text him. You know, he, he, no GPS to, to locate him, to track him, see where his cell phone was last. Nothing like that. No, no Western Union to send him money. Some of y'all don't even know what Western Union is. But, uh, no PayPal, you know, that they, he could send him some money. You know, if he had known where he was, no PayPal that he could send him some money. No, no social media where he could cyberstalk him and just see where he's at, see what kind of things he's posting, what's going on in his life. None of that. So sometimes I think we'd look at that, and the pastor says sometimes all we can do is pray and watch. Sometimes we use that as an excuse. Well, all I can do is pray and watch. But you got a cell phone. you got a cell phone. You can text somebody. You, you've, got, you've got social media. You can share a post that 2911 shared about something that someone, one of your friends needs to hear. You can do that. So, yeah, it's an excuse for us to say, well, all I know to do is pray and just hope. No, that, yeah, pray and watch, pray and watch, pray and watch. But then do what else needs to be done also because we are not in the place of that dad who could not somehow reach out and find his kid. You got a thousand friends on Facebook? then you can be in touch, you can bless, you can speak some kind of positive power, uplifting message to a thousand people in just a moment. We have opportunity this dad didn't have. He would have been seeking, if he could have found a way to do it, he would have been out seeking and saving. We use that as an excuse, and we got to quit using that as excuses, okay? But there's one more, one more thing I want to bring to you about this. Uh, who is it, or what, what kind of things need to be gathered? the kinds of things that belong together. Sets. You know, a, a set of something. It belongs together, right? Any, any, any of you collectors out here, you collect something. You might not be OCD about anything else, but, but oh, no, 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 wait a minute. That needs to stay right here. Someone wants to pick something up and take it. No, 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 that needs to stay right. It needs to stay in the set, right? There's, there's an event going record collectors out there. You know what people are looking for? They're looking for something that goes with their set. Something that they collect that goes with everything else they collect, their particular genre or their whatever. They're looking for something. Another thing that needs to be gathered are things that belong together. Like a lost sheep. Like a lost coin. Like the whole family. So if you've got a, a, a flock of sheep and one is missing, 
that one needs to be gathered back. If you've got a set of coins, your treasure, Christ's treasure, his heart, and one is missing, it needs to be gathered. If your family is all in church except one, if there's one that's not serving God, if there's one, then that one needs to be gathered. Okay? That, and and, and that's, that's the heart of this. Whatever, they need to be gathered because they belong here. They belong here. They belong in the kingdom of God. And I don't mean just at 2911. I mean they belong in this family of God created in his image. They belong, and so they too need to be gathered. So, so, so how, how, how do we do this then? How, how, do we, how do we gather? Well, let me tell you about how 2911 gathers, okay? Because, and this is something that was from, from, the, uh, from the video. Um, it, it, that 2911, we want to reach people no one else is reaching. That, that means being willing to do what no one else is doing. And we may have said this in some other way in the times past, but, but uh, when the video was being made by our production team here at 2911, and they threw this in there, I said, that's good, and boy, it fits right here in this third week. You know, we talk about wanting to reach people nobody else is reaching. Then we have to do what nobody else is doing. You know, because if uh, you think about this, the people that aren't being reached yet, if, it, if they would, could be reached by the things that Church A is doing, then they would have been reached, but they, they haven't been. So we've got to find the other ways to do things. Let me, let me give you an example right here. Uh, let's throw this at you. And, and this may not sound like a big deal to you, but the way it turned out, it was. I, I went to pastor a church one time. hadn't been there very long. And the church had had, before I got there, the church had had some, some uh, water damage and their carpet needed to be replaced. And, and uh, so this was, a, and this was a church that they were set up where everybody in the church had to vote, okay? Even people that didn't pay tithes and didn't give a dime of money, they got to vote. And we won't go into a lot of detail there about, about, about that. But, so we had this meeting, okay? And, uh, and so then all of a sudden, we start talking about the color of the carpet. I, I, you know, I'm a new pastor. You know, I, I really don't want to get into a discussion over color of carpet. I don't want to have a three-hour meeting where now we're going to go and we're going to get interior designers to come in. We need to get the carpet replaced in this place, people. You know, and, and I'm, just, I'm just wanting to, you know, I mean, we got pews in here, and they're a certain color, so, you know, we got to go with something that goes there. Well, you know, all of a sudden, people starting to do all this, and, you know, I'm th- and, and I, I just, I, I don't know. I, some people might say, well, this was foolish, but it turned out all right. Is I said, hey, listen, pastor here is going to make an executive decision. We're going to stay with the color of carpet that we've got because we need to get this done, da 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 Now, I don't know if they thought I was stupid and they just, they just thought, felt like they were shut down or if they just gave, you know, I was a new guy and so they just overlooked me or whatever, but they, they kind of accepted that and we, we made a couple little changes to some borders, but we just stuck with the same thing because I didn't want my pastorate there to begin with an argument over the color of the carpet <laughs> because God did amazing things at that church. Because, and here's, here's the reason we can't let things go that direction. is because people who have real-life problems don't care what the color of the carpet is at the church. They don't care about that. So we got to quit caring about Maybe that's the problem. 
And so maybe this thing about if we want to reach the ones that aren't being reached, we have to do something different. Maybe that's not just about doing something different from that church. Maybe some of you are sitting here thinking, well, I've tried and I've prayed and I've watched and, I've, and I just can't reach them yet or whatever. Maybe you need to do something different than you've been doing. Maybe for that one that God really has laid on my heart today, he threw one on me hard today. And, 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 you know, hadn't really reached them yet. Maybe I've got to do something different than I have done because what I've tried so far doesn't work. That doesn't mean quit, throw up my hands, walk away. Don't pr- no, what it means is I've got to look for something else to do, some other way to do I've got to hurry. Here's a quote from Gary Poole, and this really talks about the excuses that we use. I mean, it's not really about the excuses, but we turn them into excuses, I think, um, about why we don't engage or, or why we don't uh, gather and uh, evangelize. He says, I think our culture is changing, which is making evangelism difficult. People are shrinking back because it's not politically correct. Come on, how, have you, how many of you, you've wanted to say something to somebody, but then you thought, well, maybe this isn't the right time because I don't know if that's politically correct. Or that maybe I, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't mention Jesus right here in this gathering. Or, uh, I know they asked me to pray, but maybe I shouldn't close with, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Yeah, I know you have. Many of you have. You thought about speaking up, but then you hesitated. Culture's changing. And where people don't say, yeah, I, I know that I really need to be going to church. I know I need to be living for God. and all. People don't say that anymore. And so, if we're not careful, what we do is that becomes an excuse to us, and we won't say anything because of political correctness. Um, I think people are afraid of being asked questions that they may not be able to answer. That ever happened to you guys? You're a little worried about getting into a a spiritual discussion because I don't know if you'll have all the answers. Hey, let me tell you something. You won't. (laughs) I don't. Never have, never will. We won't have all the answers. But I think part of the time when we we get to that place, then what we try to do is we try to make up an answer and then we just mess up the whole thing, right? by trying to make up an answer that isn't, isn't the right answer. And they're not even sure how to engage in spiritual conversation. He's talking about Christians. That even Christians don't know how to engage in spiritual conversation anymore. L- let, me, let, me give you, let me give you a few little tips right here, okay? A few little things right here. Ways to engage in spiritual conversation. Ways to open the door to just talk about some spiritual things. Ways to open the door to invite people to your church or to your small group. You know, here's the first one. Wear the shirt. I mean, it's 2911. What does that mean? Glad you asked. You know, Jeremiah 2911 says, God has an awesome dream for your life, and we dare you to come dream with us at 2911. That's easy. It's that easy. Can't tell you how many times I've told that to people. Wear the shirt. It opens the door. Or, or, or brag on the blessings that God has given to you. Is there anybody blessed in the house today? Anybody? Anybody? Brag on him brag on him. Now listen, here's what I believe. I believe God blesses me, and then, and then I tell people about it, and he says, you know what, that's a boy that's going to tell somebody when I bl- I'm going to bless him some more, so he'll tell some more people. I believe God does that. And so I keep bragging, because I want God to keep blessing me, and then I keep bragging, you know, and I want God's blessings on me and my family, and I keep doing that and doing that. And so I brag on his blessings, and it opens doors. You know, I, I, I've had the opportunity so many times about that land I've told you about, you know, that we're building a house on. And, and just to be able to say, God did this. We looked for a year and a half. We, we'd find a piece of property, and before I could make a phone call, they had a full price offer and a contract on it. And we couldn't find it, and boom, God just dropped it in our laps. 
Cindy Dodd walks in one Sunday morning and says, Pastor, would you be interested in 12 acres with a creek? And I'm like, can we postpone service? Let me go look at it real quick. No, I didn't. Like, no, absolutely. And just uh, brag on your blessings. Okay, that's two tips right there. Wear the shirt, brag on your blessings, right? Here, here's, here's something I picked up from some friends. And I don't, I don't do this often, but I try to stay sensitive to the Spirit when he wants me to do this. I've got a couple of friends. That li- I got two that I do this every single time we eat together. Uh, meet this guy or meet this guy. They're, they're going to do it. Is when we're eating together and the waitress comes around, maybe, maybe when she's getting our drink order or he's getting our drink order, and they'll say, hey, you know, we're, we're Christians, and, and so we're going to be asking a blessing in a few minutes. We're going to be praying. Is there anything in your life going on right now that we could maybe just pray for you about while we're praying? And I know, I know some of you, you're real cynical. You're thinking, yeah, my, my waitress probably say, yeah, pray that people give bigger tips. And then I feel like I got to give a bigger tip because I opened the door, right? Now, you know what? Never heard anybody take advantage of that. But I've seen people break down crying. Thank you for asking because this morning I just got a phone call. This week my mom was just diagnosed with. My kids are and over and over and over. Such an easy opportunity. Politically, yeah, that's politically correct too, I think. You know, it's like, hey, we're praying. You, can we pray for it? Can we pray about anything? So easy. Uh, let, me, let me throw this last one at you. That's three. Let me give you one more. Uh, this is, this is uh, Brooke McCord's Uncle Bud. About uh, six weeks ago, uh, I was coming out of Lowe's, and I had bought some backer board, or some people call it just cement board. It's a, it's a, it's a three-foot by five-foot piece of, of, uh, of three-eighths-inch cement. I mean, it's like it's already made out into a board, okay? And so it's something you can handle by yourself, but it's a whole lot easier with two people. So I've got them, and I, you know, I've paid for them. I'm out in the parking lot. I'm, I'm loading them, and this guy over across from me, he just real close, just right across the lane, he sees me, and he comes down. Now, and this guy's older than me. Now, I usually help the guys who are older than me, you know, not the other way around. And so I, that kind of impressed me a little bit, you know, that he came over there to help me, you know. And he comes up, he said, can I help you with that? And I'm like, absolutely. So instead of this, I'm just doing this, you know. <laughs> but absolutely, let's do this. Not 30 seconds did it take us. I mean, because literally it was that easy. Okay, that's, so that, that, that's all it took to do this. And before he walks back to his truck and I get in my car to leave, the question is asked. And I know what some of you are probably thinking. You're probably thinking, I'm the one that asked the question. But nope, it wasn't me. It was Uncle Bud. (laughs) Uncle Bud said, just six words, where do you go to church? And man, I I literally almost exploded right there in the parking lot. That just lit my fire. (laughs) Do you know? Where do you go to church? Oh, wow, that's so cool. And I told him, man, I'm a pastor. And then he said, well, my, my niece goes to your church, Brooke McCord. And so, you know, and so I had to ask him, I said, okay, now I know if you asked me that question, you were going to invite me to your church, so where do you go? So he told me we talked and we talked and we talked. That was, that was so cool. And here's, here's the thing. I don't know if he was, he was getting in his truck to leave when he saw me. I don't know if he, if he saw me and said, I'll go help that boy. And while he was helping me, he thought, I probably don't need to miss this opportunity. I'm going to invite him to church. Or maybe... He was getting in his truck and he looked over there and said, if I go help that boy with that material, I'll have the opportunity to invite him to church. I don't care which. Either one works. Whether, he, whether in the second instance he said, I'm going to do some good so I have opportunity to invite someone to church. Or whether 
he was just doing good because that's a Christian thing to do. And he thinks, I am not going to miss an opportunity, never going to miss an opportunity to gather somebody and invite someone. I don't care which reason he did it. Either one's good because of the way he did. Okay, so, so easy ways to just open the door. Wear your shirt. If you don't wear your shirt, hang around just a little bit longer. You'll get one. We give them out all the time at 2911. We find excuses to give out shirts. Um, uh, you know, and brag, on, brag on your blessings. Ask a waitress. Can I pray with you about something? And do the Uncle Bud thing. You know, help somebody. Okay, all right. So let, let, me get, let me really give you six real pointers. Closing this message right here. Six real pointers about how to make your gather better, okay? And the first one is decide. Make it a priority. We are so busy today. Come on, you know this. We only do what we make decisions, what we make priorities in our lives. We, we don't, when we say, well, we'll do it when we get around to it, how often does that happen? How many times you, you don't get around to it until your spouse is reminding you for the hundredth time and you're worried about getting a warm meal that night and then you find, right? We, we are so busy we will not do it unless we make it a priority. Decide right now. As Pastor 2911, I'm telling you, this is who we are. If this ain't who we are, then we need to quit calling ourselves 2911. Because God's got a big dream, not for just me and just you. God has a dream for every person out there that needs to be gathered. Make up your mind to make this a priority and then set a goal. Now, I got a goal. I would be really foolish to be standing up here and telling you, you need to set a goal, and I hadn't set a goal. Last year, my goal was 100. I barely exceeded it. What does that mean? I invited, I found 101 people to, that were not connected to any church whatsoever to invite to church last year. This year, my goal is 120. I'm going to make it. Now, one of the excuses we use as Christians is, well, I'm a Christian. I go to church. With, I, I hang out with church people. I go to small group stuff. I don't know, I don't know any people that, that are struggling. I don't know any people who say, that's the excuse we use. We use that excuse. That, and if the pastor, I definitely spend a lot of my time with Christians. If the pastor can find one, that's two a week. Two different people all, week, all year long, every week, to invite to church. I didn't do two every week. Sometimes I got ahead and sometimes I got behind. But a hundred, if, if I can find them, you can find them. And, and then uh, uh, name a name. Don't, don't just set a goal. Name a name because you know some people. Think about a name. You know some people. And uh, you need to say a name because when you do, that's the beginnings of some faith that is in there. And then plan follow-up in advance. Like, okay, name a name. That's like praying. I'm naming a name. I'm talking. And then follow-up, plan your follow-up in advance. That's, that's, like, that's like the watching. Pray and watch. Pray and watch. Remember talking about that earlier? Pray and watch. Watch. So watch and look for them coming. Plan your follow-up. What are you going to do when they walk in those doors? What are you going to do that night they finally show up small group? What are you going to do? Let me tell you the first thing to do. Sit with them. <laughs> if you invite them to come, don't make them sit alone, you know. Let, make, make them start feeling comfortable. Sit with them. And think about who you're going to introduce them to when they get here. You ever thought about that? The person that you want to see be in church, have you ever thought about who you want to introduce them to? You need to because when you do, then, then that's another step of faith because you're beginning to think, when they get here, I'm going to introduce them to this guy or that guy or that lady or that couple and you start thinking that, then, then you're beginning to now act in faith. I know who I'm going to introduce them to. And so you got to watch. i got to hurry up. Uh, design the worship service with FTAs in mind. It's not yours. That's ours. That's ours. Okay? 
And, and a couple of things we do, out of, some things you might not even notice. This is why we do some of the things we do. That little bit that Lexi did today between the worship and me coming out, that's not announcement time, right? Did you notice? As I said a couple of weeks ago, we don't, we don't make announcements. We preach them, and, and if, if they don't fit into a sermon, they probably don't need to be taking up time on a Sunday morning if they can't fit into a sermon. And so what she does, we call navigation. Because, and we call it that so we keep our focus on not giving you the announcements, but on helping a first-time attender navigate through the service. Here's where we're going next. Pastor's about to come. We've been singing. We've been worshiping. Here's where we're going next. Here, here's how you can follow along with the pastor. Navigation. We do it that way because we want to stay focused on the first-time attenders. Because like we said a couple of weeks ago, we want to do everything we can to make a first-time attender be comfortable enough to become a second-time attender. Another thing we do is at the end of the service, and, and Lexi's going to try to rem remind you, at the end of this service, you'll see a little countdown, five-minute countdown, because we have what we call a five-minute rule. It's not a law. Nobody's going to go to jail if you break the rule, okay? Uh, it's not a law, but it's just a rule, a rule of thumb, okay? It's for the first five minutes after service. Don't talk to people you're going to talk to the rest of the week. Talk to people you're not going to talk to the rest of the week. You got, you got all week to talk to those others, but spend the first five minutes. Why? Because you don't know our first-time attenders. You don't know our, our newcomers. And so if you'll spend that first five minutes trying to just say hi to somebody that you don't know and you're not going to talk to the rest of the week, you'll be making it. Those are the things, some of the things that 2911 does to, to make it more FDA-focused. Okay, and, and this last thing is equipping people to invite. Um, equipping people to invite. This, this is just one of the things. Um, in September, our kids' department is doing a special, a special program. All, all the, the, the second, third, fourth, and fifth Sundays of September. And the title of it is now streaming. It's a live event every Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. We're going to do one service in here at 10 o'clock because we need a lot of you to jump in there. And if you don't know about that, ask us about it. We need a lot of you to jump in there. So we're going to be doing one service 10 o'clock for the whole month of September. And we're doing this on purpose. And we're going to be doing a regular service in here because what we hope is we hope we're, this, this is something to try, not just for our kids, but to reach kids that don't go to church anywhere and we hope to get them and that if their parents bring them which we hope they will do then they will come in and sit in service with us and so we're, we're creating this to not just do it for but to also reach our kids and then also things like this these postcards i mean i want i want to dare i want to challenge you dare you to take at least a few of these postcards with you and pass them out to somebody okay they're, they're scattered here on the stage lex you'll try to remember to remind you about that also to get some of these don't walk that way to walk this way and, and get a card a, a few cards to hand out to somebody else these are the kinds of things that we do and listen just like uh halloween uh the easter egg drop those kinds of things our kids get to enjoy those just like this but we design it to do it in such a way that we want to reach people that aren't connected we'd have a bigger crowd if we did it on a weeknight but we're not after the people who are free on the weeknights. We're after the people who are doing nothing on a Sunday morning, who aren't going to church, who aren't, who aren't serving God, who don't know him yet. That's why we do this. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.